This episode is sponsored by Scottcoin. Scotland's first and only digital currency. It's peer-to-peer, always available, providing users with low to no fees. This is a crypto with a difference operating in the ethical space. The organization responsible for Scotcoin is a community interest company. This means they are dedicated to promoting positive change and a fairer Scotland. They incentivize and stimulate local trading initiatives, keep wealth locally and grow the Scottish economy, encourage and support local businesses and are an advocate for social enterprise and environmental causes. Just to name a few. More about ethical crypto, head over to scottcoin.com. Hi and a warm welcome to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. I am Jennifer Rose. And I am Inga Larissa. Together we are Whiskey Sisters. We would love you to join our weekly adventures. Come on, let us rock your whiskey world. There'll be lots of news, gossip, bottle releases, and we will be raising our glasses through the tastiest of drams. We'll be hosting expert guests, hitting the road and visiting some of the distilleries near you. And let's not forget dropping in some cheeky whiskey facts. Join our whiskey journey. This week, we are taking you to Taiwan. We are joined with Sam from Cascade to Eat, who has some experience in Taiwanese whiskey from his time living in the country. And Dramon Fire will feature Kavalan Select Number no. 2 and Yushan Signature Bourbon Cask Single Malt. How about our new sponsors? I know, check us out, our very first sponsors. Very exciting, Inca. Yeah, it's great to team up with Scott Coin And for but... them to believe in the podcast. Exactly. Before we go any further in this episode, it is time to stick our noses into the latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. There's been some sad news this week as Spirit's writer, author and consultant Dominic Rosgrove has passed away. Rosgrove's work in the drinks industry included being editor of the Spirit's business between 2011 and 2012 and editor of Whiskey Magazine. From April 2016 to June 2018, he worked as a Spirit's writer, magazine editor and consultant at Craig Elliche Hotel in Speyside. He then took the role of editor-in-chief at Whiskey Quarterly from June 20. 2018 to April 2020 before becoming Managing Director of Worldwide Whiskey Company. His accomplishments also included painting a number of Spirits books such as Whiskey America and the World's Best Whiskies. Yeah, very sad news. And he was only 61 years old as well. Oh, that's super young, isn't it? Yeah, so there's been a lot of tributes going around on social media. Yeah, rightly so. Other news I spied on Instagram. Robert Richardson, who completed the charity whiskey cycling tour, and we've mentioned him on the podcast a couple of times. So he's now published all the final numbers. And I thought it was quite interesting that he basically traveled 2,263 miles, so 3,650 kilometers, and spent 187 hours on the saddle. He visited 145 distilleries, pretty impressive, and sourced 84 bottles of unique whiskies for the charity auction. And he managed to raise just under £10,000 for the charities. Well done, Robert. That's an amazing achievement. Good work. Worldwide Whiskies with the Whiskey Sisters. The first ever Cavlan whisky was released in December 2008 and the distillery began operating in 2005 in Yilan country in Taiwan. Cavlan is actually the old name of the county. The founder, Tin Sai Lee, 
was prevented from moving into whiskey while the Taiwanese state operated a monopoly system for alcohol production. But once the island joined the World Trade Organization in 2002, he wasted no time in laying the foundations to launch Taiwan's first whiskey. Lee and his son gathered a team of engineers and food technologists to research how whiskey is made around the world. According to Ian Chang, Cavalan's master blender, Lee Sr. was heavily inspired by the traditional Scotch style and traditional producing methods. Single malt production made sense for Cavalan. They chose County Yiland because of its water supply and subtropical climate, which is ideal for whiskey maturation. The distillery, which had capacity of two and a half million litres of pure alcohol a year with four copper pot stills, was built in just nine months. Crazy mm. fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the late whiskey consultant, Dr. Jim Swan, who helped the team to come up with the house whiskey. He actually worked with Cavalan for over 10 years, helping the distillery establish its fruity, oily and complex style. And Dr. Swan influenced Cavalan in the wood policy. For example, he taught the team why American oak should be the brand's preferred cask type because European oak would result in bitter and harsh whiskey due to the local climate. Oh. I know so many things to consider isn't exactly. it, when you're like producing whiskey. Definitely. I was thinking a bit about that on preparation for this episode. I don't know too much about the country of Taiwan and what it's like. And I've just been really curious to learn more. And Dr. Jim Swan, he's left some legacy, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Cavalan was also the first distillery to use Swan's now famous STR cask treatment, which stands for shaved toasted and recharred. The method was developed to combat the shortage of refill casks in the global whisky industry between 2009 and 2013. Swan came up with the idea of buying ex-wine casks removing their organic acids by shaving, toasting and recharring the wood. This approach to maturation means Cavalan's whiskies are often seen as having a complexity that belies their tender age. The distillery started accumulating international trophies from 2010 when its whisky could have been no more than four years old. Cavalan does not list age statements on its whiskies, but Chang says the distillery plans to expand its line to include age stated expressions in the future. Sitting at 3,000 metres above sea level, the Nanto distillery also benefits from an outstanding subtropical climate that is perfect for aging these whiskies. And the distillery was founded by Taiwan Tobacco and Liquor Corporation, a Taiwan state-owned manufacturer of tobacco and alcohol, as it says on the name, in uh, 1978. But funnily enough, it wasn't until 2008 that it started producing its first whiskey. They definitely waited for a while, didn't they? Mm, yeah. And before 2010, the mass, wort and wash were made in a nearby brewery, which Nanto stopped using when it installed its own German mass tun and wash bags in the distillery. And Nanto currently has four stills manufactured in Speyside. I think a lot of these foreign distilleries are using Scottish stills. And yeah. Nanto Distillery make two whiskies called Omar and Yushan. Have so, you ever been to Taiwan? No, I have not. No, me either. I've not been to that neck of the woods at all. No, but I've met actually a few people in the whiskey industry who, who's been living there or live there now. Seems to be a popular place to go. 
Yeah, let's ask Sam a little bit about it. So have you actually tried any Taiwanese whiskey before this episode? No, I would say I've been curious, but kind of didn't know where to start. So I've focused on, you know, Scotch whiskey. I don't know if I felt a bit intimidated to try Taiwanese, Japanese. I'm not sure. I was wondering about that. What about you? What's your experience been before this episode? Like zero. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same. I've always been intrigued by Kavalan and they obviously, because all day up, Awards and just a lot of good yeah. feedback, but they're not the cheapest whiskies out there, so it's just not been my first choice. Yeah, and I guess when you get into whiskey, it's easier to get into whiskey that's near you. So that's why maybe we haven't tried so many bourbons, and you know, I mean, yes, it's easier to go with the Scotch because it's just widely available. Branching out now, being adventurous. <laughs> yes, worldwide whiskies. Okay, let's bring in Sam. Sam Wang. We like that. Yes, that's <laughs> what the sound of rice whiskey popping is like. Hi, Sam. Lovely to have you back. Could you tell us a little bit about your time in Taiwan, when it was and, and why you were there? So, yeah, it's 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 a few years ago now. It's just when I finished uni, I kind of got this feeling that there's a really big world out there. I kind of want to see a bit more of it. And it also kind of felt that Chinese was like a pretty good language to learn. It might be something useful in my future. And so these two ideas kind of came together. Mm-hmm. And without too many clear ideas in my head, I <laughs> Went off to Taiwan, <laughs> got a sort of uh, an English teaching certificate under my belt. And mm-hmm. yeah, I was so I was out there teaching English and uh, trying to learn some Chinese as well. Amazing. Wow. Adve- adventurous spirit or what? Yeah. So yeah. how is your Chinese then? Hi, ho, hi, ho. How do you sure? <laughs> it's it's a tough language to learn and an even tougher language to remember, but I, I still remember a few bits here and there. Brilliant. Did you um, drink a lot of whiskey when you were there? Did you like whiskey at the time already or did you discover whiskey later on? It was it was later on. When I was in Taiwan, actually, um, I had I had no um, interest in whiskey at all. Bit of a waste knowing now what I know. Yeah. But I think I was still... I was still reeling from my first um, experience of uh, of Lafroy at age nineteen, and I just kind of thought that whiskey was not for me. <laughs> so I didn't get into it then. But Taiwan has a great like uh, tradition of um, of tea, which I was drinking more often when I was out there. I take you didn't visit any of the distilleries then? Not at that time. No, I was I was there from like two thousand and nine, which I guess is about the time the yeah. the Nantong distillery was being founded mm-hmm. and Cavalan Cavalan was already there but nobody knew about it yet and yeah so and, and I was there until about 2013 it was when I came to Scotland that I got interested in whiskey but I was still super nostalgic for Taiwan so mm-hmm. when I saw that Taiwan was starting to win whiskey awards I was like okay I need to try this yeah oh wait there's there's Cavalan and then there's this other distillery and now there's this other distillery like <laughs> Taiwan is really sort of coming up in the world of whiskey and it was I was I was I was watching it from a distance but um mm-hmm. I did go back and I have been to Cavalan Distillery since. Oh, oh. nice. How was it? It's, it's huge. It's so big. They're really professional there about what they do, but it's in a really nice corner of Taiwan. It's kind of over the mountains on the uh, on the east coast, and it's kind of nestled in among these really sort of traditional China kind of mountains, you know, semi-tall, green, quite quite lush and subtropical so it's it's not at all what you imagine when you visit a scotch distillery it really sort of fits into its landscape there it sounds beautiful so you must be quite familiar i'm guessing sam with 
all their ranges? I've done what I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, Cavaland, they have they have so many whiskies out there, you right. know, uh, single cask, cask strengths, more moderate sipping whiskies, um, loads of different cask finishes. So you'd need a lot of time and money to try everything yeah. from Cavalan. But what I have tried has been amazing. Yeah. So do you have any favorites from, because they obviously have the Concept Master and the Select that's a bit cheaper and then the Solist range, which is very popular. Yeah. Um, the Solist range is, is, is really, uh, it, it's really, it's really punchy, like really powerful flavor. And that sort of the maturation in Taiwan is helped by the fact that the climate's a bit hotter. So you can get some amazing results in a shorter time. For me, I actually quite like Cavalan when it's uh when it's taking it easy, when it's um when it's a bourbon cask finish, even mm-hmm. when they're doing a light, they're lightly peated ones. I love the the sherry finished ones, but it's the bourbon cask Cavalans, they really sort of lean into that kind of tropical, slightly slightly cane sugar flavor. And I, I really like that about them. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned that maturation, because I was just wondering that how do you think the Taiwanese maturation differs from one in Scotland when it comes to like casks, aging times and Obviously, the cost is quite huge, probably because 12 to 15 percent is the angel share yearly compared to the Scotland's 2 percent. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's amazing how quickly their whiskey evaporates mm-hmm. there because I mean, having been to the distillery, it's it's warm. It's really, really warm and it's really humid as well. So that's like the perfect storm for alcohol to evaporate quickly. So I guess they can't hold on to their whiskey for as long as a Scottish distillery would. But the upshot is the flavors that they're looking for they can develop much more quickly and i think i think they can mature for two years but they still don't they do mature for at least three and usually um quite a bit more but yeah they're they're losing a lot to the angels down there i wonder what the oldest would be because i don't know if they always tell you the age either so and also with the casks it's funny it's hard to find the information online we will sample the select number two and i couldn't find any information whatsoever on the casks yeah i'm not i'm not sure why that is especially because they must have that information because they are importing their casks, you know, from America, from Europe. So mm-hmm. they must be very specifically ordering what it is that they want. Or maybe that information is all there. But um, if you don't read traditional Chinese, then maybe the websites are uh, locked to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the cost? Because some of them are very expensive. Solus bottles are easily over £300. Hence, mm. we're only reviewing the select number two, even <laughs> I've heard great things about the Solist range. <laughs> I mean, I think it's because Solist is like, it's their world beating range. It's the one that, you know, beat Scottish whiskies in some blind tastings. It's got a lot of profile, that whiskey. And yeah. it's a big distillery, but there's only so much they can make. So ah, supply and demand, I guess. There's a lot of demand for Cavalan, so I guess their prices can creep up. But it's not the only distillery in Taiwan, a bit further south, kind of in the center of the island, you've got Nantou Distillery. I think you guys said you were trying a, a, one of their Yushan whiskies. Yeah, we, we did mention the distillery earlier in the show, so our listeners know a little bit about it, but please do mm. share your opinions. So yeah, that, that one is, I think I think you can pick up their bottles for maybe less than Cavalan. Yeah, I, th- I think you can, their whiskies are quite hard to find, but I think they're relatively reasonably priced because they don't yet have the exposure of Cavalan, and they also are quite experimental with their casks. They do peated as well. They do peated. I've not had a chance to try that. No. Um, I have had their lychee wine cask and their plum wine cask. Oh, what? And those, 
those are great they're so good they're kind of they're really fun actually they've got some flavors that you um you might not have encountered in whiskey before Mm -hmm. um pretty sweet quite tropical and when you see a big bunch of lychees as the picture on the bottle that's a strong incentive to get them as a tasting note but those bottles are actually quite widely available in italy at least i've seen them online so i might have to order some i'm quite intrigued by the peat especially so Mm. maybe in the future i'd I'd be intrigued as well for their peated one because i think they get all their materials from scotland i don't think you can grow barley very well on Taiwan and their their stills are from Rothers. So there's a there's a lot of kind of Scottish DNA in yeah. Taiwanese whiskey. And talking of flavours that people might not be familiar with in whiskey, Sam, you've opened a very special bottle. Can you tell us a bit about what you're sipping right now? Yeah, I'll tell you what I know, which is not much. Because <laughs> I think I think it's just a one-man band, just someone set up a set of stills. Um I don't think it's in his home, but I went on Google Street View to look at the distillery and it, it it just looks like a residential block. It's it amazing. may as well be. <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, the Holy Distillery, and I've got the Amazing Grace, which is a Taiwanese grain whiskey. It's made out of Taiwanese rice. I've never had a rice whiskey before. I thought this was a nice time to have a, my first ever taste of, of rice whiskey since I'm talking about Taiwanese Yay. whiskey. Today. The color is really nice, very dark. It, yeah, very dark caramelly color, isn't it? It's really perfumed. Is that what rice grains taste like? Or is it the fact that they put it through a plum wine bourbon barrel as well? It's definitely sweet, a little spicy. There's something different going on there that I've not encountered in Scotch before, and I don't have the words for it. I like it. (laughs) Yeah, so you probably need a bit more time with it. It does take time, though, doesn't it? It takes time even for the nose to become clearer and all the different flavours that can come through on, on future sips. It's a bit like a preserved plum. That's something they're really big on in Taiwan is these is these plums that are kind of preserved in salt and slightly pickled and um, with, a, with a few other sort of, I don't know, herbs for flavoring. And they're really earthy and kind of salty and I don't like them very much. But <laughs> if you cut that salt out of them and have just the kind of almost slightly fermented, slightly pickled plumminess, I think I'm getting, I think I'm getting that a little bit. So very unique flavors for Taiwan. And if people are interested in getting that, is it a hard one to track down? Did you buy that when you were out there or is that, can you get that online? I think I messaged the um, uh, the owner of the distillery on Instagram and uh, <laughs> and just sort of worked it out that way. Nice. Yeah, it's it really. I think it is a very sort of small operation. Oh, I got to hustle um, for your whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I think you make the gin as well. So um, it's it, it's worth looking up. Holy Distillery. Um, this is this is a real niche one for the whiskey nerds. I think. Fantastic. Um, with the Nanto Distillery, you mentioned Omar before. In my understanding, they still do both Omar and Yushan. I think what they've done is, yeah, I think they've diversified. I think Omar is now kind of their single cask, cask strength, non-chill filtered whiskey to talk about sort of um, kind of prestige whiskey. And then Yushan is their more approachable, slightly lower strength more straightforward ex-bourbon ex-sherry identifiable to um novice and mid-level whiskey drinkers so i think yeah they're, they're sort of they're they're widening their audience with uh with bringing in yushan is my understanding yeah and i think they got some blended whiskies as well yeah haven't encountered those 
myself. I do have a fun fact about them that I that I discovered in my reading. There's like a legislation in Taiwan that um, you can't store anything above 60% alcohol without some really specialized firefighting equipment. They see it as a really big hazard. So Nantou Distillery, they dilute everything to 59 just so oh. they can get it in the cask without <laughs> buying any extra firefighting equipment for their warehouse. <laughs> That's a good fact. Although they probably still should have some kind of equipment <laughs> around. That's it. I think they've got something, but maybe it's uh, not the not the top of the line. <laughs> We're all for a dram on fire, but not of the hazardous kind. What kind of other drinking habits there are in Taiwan, and how do they drink their whiskey? Because you know, like in Japan, they love their highball. Do they do the same in Taiwan, or? I think so, but Taiwan is kind of um, unusual in that it's really a, a single malt country. I think it's the only country in the world where people are more likely to drink a malt than they are to drink a blend. I even read somewhere that 70% of the whiskey drunk in Taiwan is single malt, and that's that's really unusual. I think they really like to um, go for the high-level prestige bottles. Yes. Brand is important, label is important. There are special releases that Scottish distilleries do just for the Taiwanese market of some mm-hmm. of their malts. So I think they've got a very discerning drinking crowd who know yeah. what they like and they like the best. Yeah, I definitely want to go back to Taiwan and go down to Nanto, see that distillery mm-hmm. and also see if I can uh, <laughs> see if I can find where holy whiskey is made. And yeah. Make a pilgrimage to that uh, <laughs> most sacred distillery. Brilliant to hear your lived experiences of it, Sam. And you know, it's lovely to hear that you went back and did distillery visits once your love of whiskey grew. It's an island that's really easy to fall in love with and there's so much stuff to see there and if you're a bit of a foodie it's 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 paradise on earth it's a great place to go beautiful flavors i think i need to you know become a bit more adventurous in what i try so i can describe the whiskeys better <laughs> yeah it's a good way to um train yourself in whiskey uh, and a good excuse just to go to some nice places to eat you say yeah no no i'm just uh you know i'm, I'm doing research for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> well we actually got invited to a restaurant well obviously at the clen turret but then also to yeah. another michelin star restaurant <laughs> Yeah. and try out sample some of the whiskies as well in the restaurant so that's kind of cool very cool seems like starting a whiskey podcast is quite a nice way to get invited <laughs> to some good places <laughs> yeah. we've not been invited to taiwan not not just yet anyway you've got some taiwanese listeners i hope they're listening because um yeah I'd, I'd love to hear the whiskey sisters episode where you guys uh, go to the various distilleries around taiwan so someone make that happen let's put it in the universe <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah We love that intention, Sam Lang. Thank you so much. It's (laughs) lovely to see you as always. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking me back. It's been been lovely. And thank you for giving me an excuse to uh, try my holy, holy whiskey. Dram on fire. Let's start with Yushan Signature Bourbon Cask, which is bottled at 46% ABV. Yushan is named after the highest mountain in Taiwan at 3,952 beautiful metres. Hey, so I would say the colour was kind of bright yellow. It's very yellow. Yeah, I've got autumn sunshine. It was quite bright. Yeah, it was sunshiny for sure. Yeah. So the nose I thought was quite sweet vanilla. It really made me think of grain whiskies. Some of the grain whiskies that I've uh, tried. Mm-hmm. There's that kind of sweetness with a little bit of citrus. And then when I left in the class for a bit longer, I was getting like panna cotta and even some hints of coffee, like freshly, freshly, <laughs> freshly, <laughs> freshly brewed coffee, freshly, you know, like it's in a pot. Oh, okay. 
That's nice. I think I've got kind of similar. I struggled a little bit. I needed to go back uh, and nose it again once the air had been in it a bit more. I got that sweetness, soft, chewy caramels. Some orange peel was my citrus note. And a little bit of kind of that dry, grassy feel that I sometimes talk about. That kind of slightly outdoor aroma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm just still going back to it, I'm getting, I think as you said, caramel. Kind of those um, Weathers originals. I have those. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce them. No, yeah. that's exactly it. Those kind of like soft, slightly chewy kind of uh, No, but those are the hard ones. Yeah, but they're like hard boiled ones. Oh, right. You must get soft ones as well. My mom. Oh, yeah. Them. Actually, you do. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's not too bad. Like, like you, I had to come back to it. Okay. At first, I was like, okay, yeah, it's a lot of vanilla, but it felt a bit alcoholic. Like, I was getting a bit of the fumes, maybe at four to six, but then with air, definitely balanced out, and I'm not getting that anymore at all. How about the palette? I found it quite woody at first. Then I was getting like baking spices, ginger baking spice, maybe some cinnamon. Oh my God, I wrote baking spices, <laughs> cinnamon, nutmeg. <sighs> I love when we're in a wee bit of taste rapport. <laughs> Yeah. I don't, I've never had this note before and it was quite faint, but I was kind of going back and forward sipping, taking a bit of time and I almost got a kind of faint menthol, kind of like, not like a minty sweetie, but you know, like kind of menthol aromas, like if, if you're, if somebody's eating like a menthol chewing gum, that kind mm-hmm. of taste on the palate. That's funny as well, because I was thinking, you know, like menthol cigarettes, because I ah. used to, when I was a smoker back in the day, don't smoke anymore, but I would love a mental secret like you know I was always calling it a mountain air uh, <laughs> <laughs> so oh. that kind of leaves slightly eucalyptus aftertaste definitely get that some sort of like freshness that's a, a really good shout that eucalyptus inca oh i did used to love a wee cheeky menthol cigarette myself <laughs> now and again i was also getting some citrus but yeah i pretty much wrote the same kind of stuff like oaky spice mm-hmm. baking spices that eucalyptus stuff, the citrus, and still some vanilla lingering at the end in the finish. Yeah, I was sipping away. At first, I wasn't sure how much I was enjoying it, but as I was sipping away, it was going down quite easily. I found the finish, like a medium finish, maybe slightly drying. Yes, yeah, yeah, I would have to agree. And I think, again, the same as you. I wasn't sure if I was enjoying it, but then I was like, oh, actually, it's not too bad. Nice kind of entry-level bourbon, single malt. Not bad, but maybe wouldn't be rushing back to it either. Yeah, but not bad at all. Next up is the Cavalan Select Number no. 2 Single Malt Whiskey, which is bottled at 40% APV. And I have no idea on the casks. Um, maybe some guesses, but I looked everywhere and I couldn't find any details whatsoever. Oh, how would you describe the colour of this one? Sunny Barley Field. Oh, romantic, Inca. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got runny honey. As I look at it now, maybe a tint of peach as well. Oh, yeah. That being okay. said, I'm currently sat with loads of candles and um, <laughs> like little lamps. I'm not sure how accurate that is. I know, actually. I, yeah, I'm sitting in a dark room. <laughs> <laughs> But Italian houses, there's hardly any lamps anywhere. Oh. It's really strange. There's no overhead lamps, so I'm always sitting in the dark. Yeah, some mood lighting. <laughs> so how about the nose in this one then? Initially, I found it quite sweet. Fresh brute pear, peaches, fresh cut grass. Then I was getting a kind of sugared almonds. As I'm going back into the glass just now, I don't know if I'm getting any of that. It seems to have changed with the air. Oh my God, this is crazy. Okay, so I, I wrote maraschino cherries and then mm-hmm. cantucci biscuit soaked in Vinsanto. And cantucci biscuit is an almond 
biscotti. Oh, in, cool. Like, yeah, so it's like kind of similar to yours. and But when it's soaked into the kind of sweet wine, crunchy almond, the biscuits soaked in the wine. And then after a while, I was even getting like, have you ever made pancakes from banana? Like really oh, old yes. fried bananas? Yes. Yeah, so ban- that kind of banana pancakes, hint of maple syrup and cinnamon in there. That's a really good shout. I think that would, I think your tasting notes there could, you know, win an award for most enticing tasting notes. Who wouldn't <laughs> want to dive into that description? Okay, the the palate? Oh, I'm going to tell you, Inca, I didn't enjoy it at first. Sorry, Cavalan. At first I was like, oh, I've actually written on the page. Oh, I didn't like it. I found it really fruity and spicy, licorice and chilli flakes. However, what? I went back to it and thought, mm, well, that's totally gone now. It was weird. It was like the first sip I didn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. And then when I went back to it, I thought that tastes like a different whiskey. So I've not had that experience before. I found it quite an unusual experience. Was it the first time you tried whiskey today or any alcohol or did yes. you use something beforehand? Or Yeah, it was my first sip of the day. Yeah, I think it takes a while for your palate to get used to it, to be fair. I think my palate got a fright initially, <laughs> but it's soon, <laughs> it soon adjusted and then thought, oh, hello, my old friend. I was imagining kind of like... You know, like summer, quite light and floral notes, like on the palate. I was thinking maybe rose and like summer fruit pie, maybe with a zesty creme fraiche on the side. And I was sipping away like crazy and then was like finishing the sample. So it definitely changed quickly. Very different this time. Um, I was getting vanilla custard, cookie (laughs) dough, dried (laughs) blueberries. Nice. Definitely spicier with the air, but like, again, more like baking spices, cinnamon, like a cinnamon bun going with the cookie dough and stuff, but like fresh cinnamon bun when it's still warm. Oh, lovely. I did have on the finish a medium finish and a creaminess and like a pastry, so I can totally get on board with your cinnamon buns. Yeah, I think the finish was longer on the previous one than with this one, Mm -hmm. but maybe... The nose was better. I don't know. I I can't really choose which one I preferred because they're similar but still different. Like the nose was quite sweet. I think if I'm pushed, I'm picking Cavalan, but it was quite close for me. I think I would agree. It was actually surprisingly nice. Or like, I don't know why I say surprisingly because (laughs) Cavalan is doing so well. But it was more like I wasn't super excited about either of them, to be fair. I wonder if that, So the one we've tried at 40% ABV, that's quite an award winner. Is that right? I don't know if that is because it's normally the solist, you know, the more expensive ones that Ah. they do. I have to say for 40% ABV, this was actually much more enjoyable than some of the Scotch whiskeys that I've tried for at 40%. I would totally concur with that. If I I was guessing, I would think that was 46% ABV if I was hazarding, I guess. Exactly. So maybe that is the influence of the temperatures and, you know, just the the location. The aging is faster, so you really get much more influence from the wood much Mm -hmm. quicker. Well, I've just finished my glass and I've got to say I did, I sort of enjoyed it the the more I had, the more I enjoyed it. Yeah, and it definitely got me intrigued. I would be interested definitely in trying more from Cavalan. That expensive bottle, we need to get our paws on some of that. (laughs) I know. God, I don't know. It's quite a big risk, isn't it, to order something that costs three hundred pounds? We'll step away oh, from that price tag. Actually, for that, we could probably just fly to Taiwan and go to a bar. <laughs> yeah. Whiskey sisters, whiskey fact. 
So let's talk about legs. La la. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you swirl a whiskey, some of the liquid sticks to the side of the glass and then begins to form trails as it flows back into the bowl. These are called legs or also known as tears or cathedral windows. But what do the legs tell you? The legs don't lie. The legs are an indication <laughs> they're an indication of strength. But the speed at which the legs flow down the side of the glass and their thickness will also give you an indication of the character and strength of the whiskey. Higher levels of oak extractives and other oils will contribute to the speed and weight of the legs. Put simply, the more rapidly the legs move, the lighter the whiskey will be in the mouth. The thicker and slower they are, the heavier it will feel. The inside of the glass, therefore, can be said to replicate in some way the inside of the mouth. Do you know, I was speaking to somebody recently who, and she was saying she doesn't call it legs anymore because one of the whiskey writers, I can't remember his name, was saying slightly saucy things about legs and making a lot of innuendo about the legs of the whiskey. So she was telling me, she's like, I can't even say it anymore because like it gives me the bad heebie-jeebies. Really? Do you remember when we were in Tobamori? Mm-hmm. Diana was saying, look at the like pearl necklace. Oh. Oh, yeah. So she was. There's a joke there as well, but I quite I like legs and I quite like pearl necklace as well. I know, but it did look like pearl necklace. She was right. But she, yeah, was, she was right. I'd forgotten If you don't want to say legs, maybe you don't want to say pearls either. Oh, say what you want, people. This episode was sponsored by ScotCoin, Scotland's first and only digital currency. To see how you can get involved, head over to their website, scotcoin.com, or go to their Instagram at scotcoin underscore official. You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. So thanks for tuning in. And if you have enjoyed our podcast, please remember to leave a review on your favorite podcast channel. It means a lot to us. Definitely. And thank you so much to those that are downloading the podcast. That helps us track how many people are listening and where you are. So thank you so much to you downloaders. Next week, we are featuring Kilhoman Distillery. So get your Kilhoman Dram ready and join us next Wednesday. You know you wanna. It's a great distillery. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram at whiskeysisters.podcast, Twitter at whiskeysisters and Facebook at whiskeysisterspodcast. Happy Thanksgiving to our American listeners when it comes. May your glass be full and your dram on fire. <laughs> <laughs>